to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. So, as you know, I always have a story. Oh, by the way, in case you don't know who I am, I always forget to introduce myself like everybody knows who I am already. I am so famous. Okay, total joke. That's a joke. Don't please don't. But my name is Melinda. I am one of the communicators here. Um, go by lots of different nicknames. The most popular name that I hear the most is Grandma Mimi. But um, yeah, so that's who I am. So well, let me put this down because then I'll start reading. Um, little story, story time. Are you ready? Here we go. This weekend I was at a very, um, what's the word, intense training. Um, There was requirements of me to know certain amounts of material I was going to be presenting. My mind was in overflow and flood and the anxieties. It was all going on. So all week long, I've been doing this as well as preparing for the message. So I would go and study for a couple hours, and I would sit down, all right, now let me shift into writing out this message that we're continuing in this series. So training was Friday, Saturday, I took my laptop to the training. I'm like, I'm not going to go to lunch. I'm just going to sit down, go through my message, email the people I'm supposed to be emailing the information, and I'm going to be all set. Thank you, Jesus. I made it through this weekend. It's going to be amazing. And Saturday afternoon, I plug in my laptop, and I turn it on, and the dreaded black screen never changed. little charger light is on and black screen, and I'm pressing, and I'm pressing, closing, praying for it, casting out demons, you name it, (laughs) calling upon the gods of Apple to please resurrect my laptop, and I open it again. Um, I text my family, they're like, well, maybe if you just leave it charging for like a long time, left it charging for a long time, it was warm, I'm like, maybe there's life, and no, black screen. So I still have to finish the training, right? So, okay, I've got to put this aside. I can't be focused on this. I'm supposed to be absorbing information and being present for these other people. (sighs) I don't know that I did a great job, but I made it through. I'm sure I looked and acted distracted as I was. So all the way home, I'm just like, I'm believing God. I'm putting my faith out there that, Jesus, you are going to touch my laptop. I'm going to get home, and it's going to turn on, and everything is, this is all going to be for a story. It's going to be wonderful how God resurrected my laptop. And I get home yesterday, and I plug it in. All right, God, here we go. Open it. Nothing. Black screen. Not even a little spinny thing. Nothing. Not even a noise. Nothing. I'm like, Okay. I better let Leslie know. Okay. I've, 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 I've got to shift once again. 
I've got to rewrite this. And at first, I started writing by hand. I'm like, oh, duh, there's other people with computers in the house. Don't have to do it that old school, but, but we're going to get through this. So wrote it, stayed up last night, <laughs> reread it this morning, made a lot of corrections. I must have been a little out of it last night. So right now during worship, there's an amazing time of worship, just connecting. That's part of the way I truly connect to God is during worship. Music has a thing with me or I have a thing with music, but... Um, that last song about God has good plants. And it just hit me. And I heard God said, is it okay if I interrupt your plants? It is it okay that as you are asking and calling people to rise into a closer relationship with God, that I would interrupt your agenda? So... This is an apology at the front end. I want God to interrupt. Because it's not my words that make any difference. It's God. It's Holy Spirit showing up every time like he does. That he is so faithful that even when I don't see it as a good plan or this is the way it should look, that he says, I'm in the middle of it with you. I don't leave you alone like an orphan child. I am here with you to walk with you, to show you the way, to explain the stuff you don't understand. I'm here with you. God isn't far away saying, come and do stuff to be more like me. He's like, I love you so much. I'll come right where you are. He comes to us if we ask. So, as they say, cleansing breath. Let's pray. I really want to ask Holy Spirit to lead and direct all these words. God, I thank you so much. Thank you for the interruption. Well, I didn't see it as good, but you're in the middle of it. You have good plans for me. And every single person, every person watching by internet, God has good plans for each of us. Show up today in a way, God, that's undeniable that we recognize your hand moving. I pray, God, for direction of your Holy Spirit to take these words, apply them into hearts. And I trust you, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Okay. Thank God for waterproof mascara. Oh, it's a thing, ladies, isn't it? It's a thing. Okay. We are in a series about loving God with our whole being. Um. Last week, Nathan talked to us about loving God with all of our heart. This week, we're going to be talking about loving God with all of your soul. So I'm going to read the scripture in Mark 12, 29 through 30. It says, um, by the way, to set this up, 
This were, was a group of religious people who were trying to trip up Jesus to prove that he wasn't who he said he was or what he was doing wasn't real. And so they were trying to trip him up in the law. So they came and they asked him, so, dude, my imagination, what is the greatest then? What is the greatest commandment? And this was Jesus' answer to them. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. Now, when I was younger, young, very young, I remember reading this, and I read it in the original King James translation, because I guessed back in those days, that was the only Bible that was supposed to, I don't know why, that these and thous, we didn't talk like that, but we read a Bible like that because it made us more spiritual. But well, I remember reading it as a kid, and I just thought to myself that that's a lot of the same thing over and over. Love God with all your heart, like your feelings, I guess. You know, you love God with your heart. And then your soul. I don't know, what's your soul? Isn't that like you feel with your soul? So love God with your feelings and your feelings. And then love God with your mind. Well, I recognize that's where you're supposed to do your thinking. So love God with your feelings, your feelings, your mind, and then work really hard at it. That's sort of like how I thought it meant as a kid. So <laughs> thank God we have teachers and Google now that we can actually look these things up. So Nathan was speaking to us last week about loving God with all of our heart, and he reminded us that this is the core of our being. This is the place where decisions are settled and made from. So loving God with that center part of your being. And that, I'm like, yes, that makes much more sense than just feelings, feelings, and feelings, and then think about it and do more, right? So this week we're going to be talking about soul. Now, um, that word is used in a lot of different contexts. How many of you have heard of soul food? Some of you have heard, you know, that music has soul. Um, some people say, you know, in the South, we have a very good way of being cordially hypocrit hypocritical. That's the word I'm looking for. And, and we say things like, well, just bless their poor soul. You know, not always meant in the best way, but... So there's a different thing. So what I like to do when I'm trying to find out the meaning of a word is I look like, where's the first place that word was used? And like, in what context was that word used? And this word, soul, actually takes us all the way back to the story of creation. So most of us are familiar. If you're not, grab a Bible, read Genesis chapter 1, but God speaks and the earth starts coming together. It says it was void and without form. Um, I just imagine chaos. There is no uh, order to things. And it says, and then he then speaks and there's light and there's day and there's night and then there's all these things he creates. But then he takes the time and it says he doesn't just speak to create mankind. It says that he actually formed him out of the dust of the earth. What care and precision 
What a creative God that who can just speak and create amazing things and he sees like, I, I can't even imagine. I love nature. I love going out. And I, and I go out into certain places. I'm just, like, amazed at the beauty of it all. But God says, no, this is special. I want my own hand on this. So he precisely creates man. And then, let's read this verse. Okay, maybe. I, did I give you Genesis I'm looking back to the back. There it is. Thank God, because it's not in here. All right. Whew. Lord is so good. All right. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You should be way more excited about that. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain it like this. Have you ever made mud pies out of the sand and the mud? Have you ever blown bubbles in it? I was the only one, sorry. Okay. We used to make milkshakes out of the mud, and we would blow bubbles in them to prove, like, yeah, look, it's, it's okay. It never came to life. <laughs> yes. Front row, thank God, they didn't come to life. Yes. But God formed man out of the dust breathes into him his eternal God breath into man, and he becomes a living being. That same breath is now within us and what we call spirit or breath of life. That same portion of Scripture uses that same language as what we're talking about, loving God with all. So that brought me to my next question. So then, okay, that makes sense. God's breath, the eternal, glorious, divine, and, and eternal breath within myself becomes my spirit. It separates me from the, from the animals who were spoken into existence. God actually breathed into us and gave us something more, created in the image of God. So now, how do I love God with that part of me? It's a gift from God. How do, how do I love him with that? That is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked me. Um, throughout, now, we're going to jump forward a little bit and, and look to one of the people who I consider to be one of the, the, uh, the word cool comes to mind, but that's not a very great description of David, who started off as the youngest of all these brothers, and God chose him as, as the youngest and said, you're going to be a king. And it follows his story as he goes through this time of hardship and running from the people who were trying to kill him. And then finally he comes to the place where he's recognized as king. But David has a gift, and it became a gift to us because he wrote about all these things in songs and poems. And the way that he wrote is what we read in Psalms. Now, one of those Psalms, it comes to a place where David is like broken before God. He had d done some dirt and got called on it, got caught in the middle of it, and now he feels distant from God. And this is where this comes in in Psalms chapter 51 and verse 9. David is writing it to God. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. 
and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. That portion of scripture speaks to me because there are times that I feel that I have failed miserably in the way that I would choose to live my life before God and for other people. And sometimes it, that focus becomes so huge in my life that all I can see is my failure and how I didn't do what I should have done or what I think I could have done. And that becomes bigger even than God's presence. And here's David. His fault, his pain is so big. He's saying, God, I can't see you. Would you please clean my heart? Let your Holy Spirit be here with me so I can have the joy of what you give me for my life. See, it's not always the sin that keeps us from God. Yes, sin is things that we do that separate us from God, but it's not the sin that keeps us away from God because he says, I've already made a way for you and your forgiveness is available at any time. The blood of Jesus, what he did for us and that sacrifice is bigger than any sin, any wrongdoing, any shortcoming, any failing, whatever term you want to give it. The thing that keeps us away from God is our unwillingness to give it up and to ask God to take it away. It's not that I tripped up and fell. It's that I never surrendered it. I held it closer than I'm holding God. I didn't act in love towards that person, and, and that's my thing that I want. I want to love people the way God loves me, but I failed. So now, instead of going to God and saying, I, I blew it again, God, I, I didn't act in the way I wanted, would you, would you forgive me? Would you return to me the joy of my salvation in knowing that, God, your spirit is still here with me? Instead, I'm focused on the sin. If any of you are ever find yourself in that place, I would say it's as simple as surrendering, asking God, God, would you forgive me? And of course, his answer is yes. In First John 1, 9, it says, if you confess your faults, he is faithful and just to forgive you. And that's awesome to be forgiven and cleanse you from that unrighteousness. Un righteousness is a big churchy word sometimes that we throw out there. And it just means right standing. I'm in right standing with the person. Unrighteousness is mean I am not being in right place with you, God. So cleanse me from all unrighteousness, all things that are separating from me from God. And he says, it's yours. This is what David was writing about. But he says, don't let your Holy Spirit be taken from me. Could it be possible 
I'm going to throw out a theory to you. What do you think? Could it be possible that loving God is drawing close, has something to do with the proximity and closeness of how close we are to God in relationship and allowing Holy Spirit to be in our lives? Could it be this breath that God put in us has a thing that needs to connect with the God Almighty, the very creator that put it within us, that it is a yearning to intertwine with Holy Spirit and bring us back to that place where the creator put us. And the most creative, the most fulfilled, the satisfying place that you were created to be in his presence. Could that be a possibility? In John chapter 14, let's jump over to the words of Jesus, because some of you are like, yeah, that's so Old Testament. That was, that was so thousands of years ago. It was written to the people of God, the Israel's people of that time. Yes, yes, and it's also given to us as something to learn from. So let's go to the New Testament. Let's see the actual words of Jesus. Now this is leading up to the time that he, Jesus knew there was a timeline in his mind. He knew that it was coming close to the time that he would be going to be crucified by the people themselves that he came to save and give his life for. He knew that time was coming. So he was preparing his disciples. Now his disciples was like his crew, all right? These were the closest people to him. They knew everything from him. They walked where he walked. They ate the same things. They did everything together. It's like those people you hung out with like when you were in high school, right? You did everything. You go, girls, hey, what are you wearing, right? Girl, what are you wearing this Friday? Because, you know, we want to be the same, right? Okay, they were close. So he says, I can't just leave them without letting them know, giving them some insight. So in John chapter 14, we're going to read a couple of verses here, starting at verse 25. I have told you these things while I am still with you. This is Jesus' words, remember. But the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and standby. That's a lot of nicknames, by the way. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give you. Do not as the world gives you do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. So Jesus is saying, I'm not going to leave you abandoned but I'm going to send somebody in my place. He's the helper, the teacher, the guide, the comforter. Whew, I needed some of that yesterday afternoon, opening up that computer, right? Jesus once again confirms that he does not want his disciples to be abandoned. Now, a lot of us are like, well, that's really cool. We get a pet, right? A pet that'll be nice and comfy, and when I'm cold, it'll keep me warm. 
It'll help me. It will walk with me. This, this pet, right? I feel like sometimes we minimize Holy Spirit so much that we actually keep him in this little cage and we only let him out when we want to show off our fluffy pet and put him back away or keep him on a leash so that, you know, it doesn't try and get us to do anything crazy. And now we've seen some people who have gone to the other extreme and have used and called the Holy Spirit the reason that they do some wild and crazy things. So I understand there's a wide paradigm. I understand there's a shift of, of different views and what happens. But I would like to offer to you that he is representing Jesus in us. That was Jesus' words. I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you alone. There's going to be somebody that's going to come to you, and the person is Holy Spirit, right? It goes on. He didn't get done there because we know the story, most of us, that Jesus did die. He was crucified, and then he rose again. And there were a few people who saw him alive, and then all of a sudden, Jesus walks into the room where the disciples are hiding out for their lives. There's a whole dynamic that I don't have a moment to, to go into right now. But just go to say that when Jesus showed up in this room where all the doors and windows were shut, the disciples turned around. One, he's supposed to be dead. They're looking at somebody who's resurrected from the death. And two, how did you get in here? So his first words are, peace, y'all come down now, settle on down. It's okay. As a father has sent me, I also send you. This is in John 20, chapter 20, verse 21, 22. Sorry, I didn't say that. I also send you as my representatives. And verse 22, and when he said this, he breathed on them, sound familiar, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, every, I, I, I grew up, going to church with my grandma, and then as a young uh, teenager, I found my own church and I went to church. As a young adult, I went to church, and I can tell you that that portion of my Bible was never on the line, never talked about, and never explained to me. Breathed on them. Now, I don't know, but you got to be pretty close to somebody for them to breathe on you, Right? I mean, I have, I have some dear, dear friends, and I love them so much, but they are the close talkers. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, a dear friend, and she means everything to me, but she is a close talker. When I'm saying close, like I can almost feel her eyelashes on my face. Okay? I can feel her breath breathing on me. Now, thank God I love this, this woman so much because there's a lot of people who try to get that close to me. I'd be like, uh, excuse me, personal space, you know, two steps back, please. Boundaries, right? But Jesus was close enough to his disciples that he actually breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He came to this room from the dead <laughs> and shows up and said, hey, be peaceful. 
Don't be freaking out. You don't need to be hiding in this room by yourselves because you're not left powerless. Holy Spirit is here with you. The story goes on. He tells them, go hang out for a while in Jerusalem and wait for the time which you will be endued with power. And this was what we know today. We call the day of Pentecost. So could it be that this is something for you and I today? Could it be that loving God with all my soul, with my breath of life, involves being close enough to God that his Holy Spirit is breathed into my being? And this is how I get to love him with everything. A surrender of my personal space, remember the close talker, a surrender of my personal space and letting my guards down and saying, I'll receive what you have to give me. Could God, loving God, actually be pushing away my thinking and trying to be better, to be good enough, to attain approval from God, which in another portion of Scripture it says all my good things, all the best I can muster up is like filthy rags. But God still loves me, and he still wants to pour himself into me. Now, <clears throat> oh, this is... This is actually funny. When I wrote this last night, I laughed out loud. So, um, I have conversations with some people, and some of their hesitation to this whole uh, Holy Spirit conversation, like, ah, if I do like that God thing, and I'm surrendering to God, does that mean I'm going to be like one of those cookie-cutter Christian people? Like, I have to do what they do and act like they act and wear the clothes like they wear and, and, and whatever imagination comes to them. I would like to offer this. If, if that is something of resistance that comes up inside of you, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be one of those people. I would like to offer to you that God knows who you are. He knows exactly who you are, probably even better than you know yourself. Well, I can probably take the probably out there because I know he knows us better. How many of you do things you're like, I never thought I would do that? Or we've gotten so angry, we said something, I'm like, oh, I don't even know where that came from. See, it doesn't surprise God. He knows the very intent of our heart, which is, for me, it's hidden from myself sometimes. I hear myself yelling at people in cars as we're driving, and I'm like, I thought I was such a patient and good person. That was not nice, right? I surprised myself. All the people in the car are like, anyway. It doesn't surprise God. So I don't believe that God is up there in heaven saying, I want a bunch of drones doing exactly what I tell them to do and look the exact same way and we all act the same way and we all talk in King James language. I don't believe that's the way that God, the creator that created this amazing earth for us to enjoy, 
Have you ever seen a sunset? I mean, some of y'all are sunrise people, and that's okay. But sunsets, okay, they're gorgeous, like paintings that, that with all the colors. And then I'm going to say God is limited to the way I'm supposed to act and be. God knows you. He loves you. And he says, I want to pour myself into you, not to stifle and to minimize who you are, but to bring to life everything that he put inside of you. It's not just a reset. This is an expansion of who you really are. We have not even experienced the best of ourselves until we are fully surrendered to God. The creativity, the artisticness, the ability to do things, the ability to care and pour themselves out. Mother Teresa, can we talk about loving people? Pouring out her own life. Do you think that was empowered by her own strength? Do you think she woke up every day and said, Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I get to be poor and, and grovel in the dirt and take care of sick people that nobody else is looking at. I believe she was empowered by God. Holy Spirit himself walked within her to minister and touch people that the rest of the world were ignoring. What an amazing expression of who she was. And then we get somebody like Pastor Nathan in our lives. What a beautiful expression of what God has created inside of him that creates a group and a fellowship of people called Humanity Church that we are able to reach to other parts of the world, not as well as what's going on here in Pomona. This is what it's about, people. This is why we have been called to these 60 days of revival. It's not just marking the boxes, showing up at a Wednesday prayer, going to my small group and saying, I'm a good person. It's about giving of ourselves and surrendering to God so that Holy Spirit can enliven something within us to reach other people. All right, there's one of those interruptions. Sorry, that just... Mm. There's so much I can say about Holy Spirit. I could... I really could. Because he became real to me. Um, Growing up, I grew up in a church. We did a lot of scripture memorization. Um, I knew all the hand motions for all the songs. Um, I actually grew up loving church. I felt like I belonged. I felt I understood what salvation was and and that, that now I was able to have a relationship with God. But it was a lot of striving. It was a lot of work to be good enough to feel like I could be a part of church. There was also a lot of shame on the backside because I wasn't matching up to who I wanted to be. As a teenager, I was far from being perfect and fell into a lot of things while still going to church and doing all the good things. And this created a huge rift within my, my being. Like, I loved God. I loved knowing things about God. I loved telling other people about God. 
But yet there was this part of me that was still in shame and hiding, and I didn't want anybody to know that I wasn't doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And I was doing some stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And one day somebody came to a Bible study that I was attending, because that's what good Christian people do, right? We go to Bible studies. So I was at a Bible study, and... um. And he started talking about Holy Spirit like as if it was something personal. And there was something inside me. I I can't explain. I don't have the words, but it was a feeling that came up from the inside of me. And it was just like, it was like a drawing. Like it pulled on my insides. Like, I need to know more about that. Why can he talk about Holy Spirit, that way I've never heard that before. And, um, <laughs> I mean, as far as I knew about Holy Spirit, is that's how you were baptized. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, splish, splash, come back up, we're all good, right? That's about as much as I knew about Holy Spirit. And so, after that Bible study, uh, the friend I was there with, we went to him, and just the fact of, of, of going to ask, I'm bawling. It touched me in such a way that I was just crying. I didn't know. It was my spirit reaching out for more of God. I didn't know. I didn't know that this was going to be the flood of release of all that guilt and shame that I had been caring for not being good enough. I didn't know. All I knew is whatever he was talking about, this Holy Spirit guy, I, I just knew that I needed to touch that. I needed to get it. So my, my girlfriend and I walk over to him, and we're, and we're talking, and, and her personality, she's just very super argumentative. So she was debating with him. Like, well, what do you mean, Holy Spirit? I mean, like when I got saved, Holy Spirit came in. And so he was explaining, he started going through all the, 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 the things and acts where it talks about the Holy Spirit and receiving Holy Spirit. And, and the whole time, I'm sitting behind her, like the two of them are talking, and I'm like this third person, crying. I'm just bawling, just puddles. And um, finally, I hear her say the words like, well, I believe that God loves me enough that if this isn't for me, it won't happen. And if it is for me, then it's good. And so they turn and look at me and they're like, do you want to pray with us too? And I'm like bawling. Yeah, <laughs> play for me. So he prayed for us. And it was a simple prayer. God, you hear their hearts. They want more of you. And they use the word baptize them. And Holy Spirit, that moment, there was a shift inside of me. There was an infilling of God's presence that I had never felt before. It wasn't just another verse that I learned or an insight that I could hold. It was something more. It was that breath of the living God breathing inside my soul. And there was an expression that came out of me 
And I don't know where it came from, but I couldn't, and I didn't want to. I'm sure I could have, but I didn't want to contain it. I didn't want to hold it in. There was a spiritual language that came out. But I was connected to God in a way I had never been connected before. My friend, she's freaking out. She looks at me. We have no context for this. She's looking at me like, and she starts crying. I'm like, why are you crying? She goes, because nothing's happening to me. <laughs> so the guy, thank God he was very patient with us because we're, you know, two blondes. And we're just, I'll just leave it at that. He says, just put your hands on her. I'm like, really? Okay, here. <laughs> put my hands on her and I pray just, and I pray, God, Give her whatever this is. Let her sense your spirit in the same way. And there's, she had the same experience happen. I now have learned this is a spiritual language that God pours into us that I connect directly to God. It's not even for understanding. Now, there are some places and sometimes, and maybe in your small groups, you may have somebody pray in their spiritual language, and there's an interpretation. That is for the body of Christ. That is for the group of us coming together. But this prayer language became such a place of connection between me and God. It interrupted the way my life, I thought, should go. But it was it's so empowering. I was pretty foolish with it because I had no idea what it was. I freaked a lot of people out. I went home to my mom. You should have seen her face. Scared the pajibers out of her. I found out later she called her church and they were all having prayer services for me. The Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons. This same gift that was poured out on his disciples wasn't just for them. You can read throughout Acts. You can read the books of Paul. It was for the believer. This was the part that connects us. This is loving God with all your soul, all your spirit, your breath of life, that the gift is receiving him is how I love him. This is a public service announcement for all procrastinators. Valentine's Day is in three days. I was at Target, guys, I'm just going to say, card selection's getting slim. <laughs> but uh, in our culture, we show our biggest commitment of love to one another by the act of marriage. And it sounds something like this, I love you so much, I want to wake up every day to know that I get to live it with you. I love you so much, I want to be able to give you all of myself. We call this love. Why is it such an odd thing to think that God loves us so much that he wants to pour himself into us? 
Why would it be strange to think that I could wake up every day so enamored and love with God that I say, I want to wake up today and I want to walk with you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you be with me as I go through this morning? Truthfully, I don't think I could do it on my own. To love God with all my soul, to have Holy Spirit be a part of my everyday life, to walk in a way that would let my spirit be full of God's spirit, to live in the fullness I was created to live in. Not striving, working it out, doing it better. One more chance, let me come on, let me try one more time. No, but to embrace the spirit life that has been breathed into me. Throughout the book of Acts, there's multiple accounts of when uh, the disciples and Paul in particular, went and prayed for groups of people. And they would say, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, what is this Holy Spirit you're talking about? That was me. I'm like, yeah, I was baptized. I heard him say that word. But until I received Holy Spirit, until I requested and asked, and, and, and let me hear Hear me out on this, because there's so much terminology that we make it mean so much, and it sounds so creepy sometimes. But we say, you may have heard the word baptism and Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you, baptize literally means submerge. It just means dunk. You can baptize your donut and coffee, which sounds amazing right now, right? (laughs) And it means the exact same thing. When we baptize people in water, it basically means we're submerging them in water. It's representative of we are giving our life and coming back to life with God's life within us. It represents that. Baptism and Holy Spirit, all it means is I'm being submerged. I'm going beyond my ability to breathe. I'm like under to here with Holy Spirit. Good? We're all good with that word? Because I always, I, like, I hate the feeling like I can't say that word because some people freak out about it. Okay, let's be submerged in Holy Spirit, yeah? Okay. They asked him, um, let me see. Ugh, I put it at the end. This is one of those things I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, I actually did not put them in there. Okay, and it's still not there. All right. So he asked him, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit yet? And they go, oh, no, we've only been baptized in the baptism of Jesus. But we've, what is this Holy Spirit you're talking about? And, um, and he goes on and says, well, then let's pray for you. And they all prayed, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe in making things as simple as possible. Um, one of the things that... <laughs> My husband and I would say to each other when we were going through stuff, he goes, hey, remember, kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, that's just so keeping it simple. This is what I would like to offer to you today. If this has sparked any curiosity in you, if this has created any hunger, or maybe somebody is feeling like I did on that day at the Bible study, that just internal pull, like this is something more that I need. I just want to pray 
and ask? Could you be open to say, God, is there more of your presence here? Is there more available to me? I've been trying to do the fast. I've been working at showing up for prayer. Maybe you are taking time at home to spend in the Word, which I hope all those things are true. But could there be more? Even the disciples who were there on the day of Pentecost, there was another time that it happened, and they said, they were all in a group praying together, and they said, God, you hear the threats against us. You hear what they're telling us, that we can't preach Jesus anymore. Would you empower us once again? And it says that whole place was shaken, and they were all filled with Holy Spirit. Whoo, yes, baby, I want some of that. I want Holy Spirit to have his free will within our congregation, our group of people, this body of Christ. Because why? We have a job to reach other people. It's not just about us having a good time in here, which we do, and we have amazing worship. But it's more even to be empowered to take this life, not of striving, not marking boxes, not being the perfect cookie cutter person, but people who really love God and that are connected to him by the Holy Spirit, loving God with all their heart, with all their soul, now that is something people want to know about. So I've asked Tim. There he is. Oh, so good. Um, we're going to go through a song. Um, this song is, um, talks about all who are thirsty if your soul is longing for something more this morning, could you make this that place between you and God and nobody else? Let Holy Spirit interrupt your Sunday morning to fill him with your pres his presence more and to overflowing. Father, I pray right now, God, Holy Spirit, just as you showed up for me all those years ago, would you show up for on them and in them, God? Would you submerge them and fill them with Holy Spirit right now, God? That your presence, so we would be able to love you with all of our soul, not holding back anything but surrendering to you. In Jesus' name, I ask God and stand in that place. Fill us now, Lord, with your presence. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.